The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page where we're at, click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and uh, click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good to see you. A little, little down today, I guess, but... Uh, I guess some people are coming in. <laughs> Good to see you guys over there. Uh, while you're over there, Rumble, the channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's where you can um, hopefully be notified and stay on the list. I, I don't, you know, we have people all the time telling us that uh, Rumble's kicking them off the list. They have to resubscribe. They don't get notifications. It's it's kind of the same thing as what you're getting over there on YouTube, Facebook, and all the rest of it. Anyway, uh, that's where you can get us. Also, we're streaming live at beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. Appreciate those guys giving us a spot as well. Back to sonsoflibertymedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, that goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening, and uh, that's all the articles we have for the day, including the morning show archive. So I appreciate your support in that because, again, censorship is still going on. And uh, with what I, from what I understand, with what they're going to be putting out here, and I meant, I meant to pull this up, but I think, eh, we'll just leave it, because I think it's still on my desktop. But I was seeing this stuff about uh, uh, the New York governor up there, Kathy Hochul, or Hochul, or however you pronounce her, Hochul, I believe is how it is. Anyway, um, with her saying some of the stuff that she's saying, oh, if you had the uh, if you had the con vid shot before, guess what? You got conned. It's not going to help you this time. How does she know this? How, how how does she know this? 
It didn't help people last time. It didn't help anybody last time. In fact, it harmed more people than it helped them. In fact, we had Gloria on on Tuesday. Two Pfizer shots. Seriously harmed. And told how basically she had been miraculously delivered from that. Praise God for that. But these these people don't know how to tell the truth. They just don't know how to tell the truth. But I think the truth does come out every once in a while. The truth is like that, right? Men try to suppress it in their unrighteousness, Romans chapter 1, but it always has that way of coming back to the surface, doesn't it? It's very buoyant. Let's <laughs> use that word. The truth is very buoyant. It is always, no matter how much you push it down, it's going to come back up. And the reality is, is I think they're hinting at they're not going to go the same way at us they did last time. And by the way, when I say they, I'm talking about our government and corporate fascists. I, I think they're all involved in it. But definitely our own government is involved in attacking us. You're not going to convince me otherwise that our own government wasn't involved in what happened in Maui. What happened in Paradise, California. Or a number of areas. A number of these false flags. Somebody uh, jumped in the chat the other day on the 9-11 stuff. And uh, it was just... Oh, it's Muslims, Muslims, Muslims. Well, there's a problem with Muslims. I'm not denying that. But if you think if you think a couple of guys took some Cessna uh, courses and uh, flew planes into buildings and, um, yeah, then I, I don't know how to help you with that. I, I just, I don't know how to help you with that. Without some help? It wasn't a guy who was on dialysis or something. and That wasn't the issue. Anyway. We're not here to talk about that specific thing. We're going we're to talk a little bit about what's going on. You know, some of the big news, and, and this is some of how my schedule goes. So if you hear something that's just completely out of the news, maybe that's a good thing, um, a glitch in the matrix, so to speak. But if you hear something outside of that, especially something that is uh, beneficial to you, then that's what we're going to go with. So sometimes I have things that are set up and they don't go along with whatever the news is specifically here. But in any case, you've been hearing about um, the New Mexico governor there and, um, and how she is you know, really going after the people who are not violating the law at all. In fact, she's just openly doing what she's doing here. Um, and it's, it, what's amazing is she's not the only one doing it. She's not the only one doing it. This is from um, Guns in the News. It's one my son runs. New Mexico's governor blames the law-abiding. And this is what's written here. Hollywood has long propagated the Old West storyline of the sheriff banning guns in, ta- in parts of a town. Errol Flynn did it in Virginia City, 1941. Kurt Russell did it while playing Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, 1993. But a non-fictional governor is supposed to know better. When New Mexico Governor Michelle Luan Grisham announced she was suspending the right to carry firearms in public across Albuquerque and the surrounding Bernalillo County for at least 30 days, even local law enforcement officials protested. Yeah, good. They should. That's their job. When you have pretended legislation, listen, uh, we had a guy we were going to bring on the show. When, you know, Monday we had Jim White. 
Jim White and I used to do radio together. And um, we were going to bring a guy on the show. We were doing local people within our state or our county who were running for office, and we just wanted to ask them some questions and things. We had some people who come on. We had some people who wouldn't. And there was a gentleman who was running for sheriff in my county. He was a former Carolina Panther. I forget his name now. I I can't even remember his name. But he was a former Carolina Panther, so I was able to get in touch with him. We were going to bring him on the show. And he said, well, what kind of questions are you going to ask? I said, well, you know, it'll just be a conversation. We're not here to try to get you with gotcha, so I don't mind telling you. We're going to ask you questions about the Constitution that you'll swear to uphold. We're, We're going to ask you, you know, are you a constitutional sheriff? And he goes, well, I've never heard of that. What is that? And I said, well, it's one that understands that the federal government is very limited uh, in its capacity, and even the state government is limited in its capacity by the people, and that's only through words, by the way. You've got to enforce it with your right to keep and bear arms. That's how, I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. So I said, you have to know what these things are so that when somebody comes to try to take somebody's house because they didn't, quote-unquote, pay taxes, you step in the middle and you say, no, this is wrong. No, you're not going to do that. Now get to step in before you start tripping, and we arrest you. I said, you, you've got to know what the law really is and to stand for the people. And he goes, why have I heard a lot about this? Can you point me in the right direction? So I, I pointed him in some places and stuff, and I was glad he was, he was very honest about it. He was very, he was very cool about it, and I certainly wasn't trying to be a jerk to him or anything. But he said, I'm going to go check this out. And he says... Um, do you mind if I just turn down the offer for the interview? Because he said, I don't want to look like an idiot. And I said, well, I don't want you to look like that either. I, and I told him I was thankful that he received what I had to say, and he was willing to go and check it out. That's the job of the sheriff. Now, sure, yeah, does he serve warrants and stuff like this? Yeah, he serves all, he does those things too. But the primary job is he's, he's to make ensure that nobody's coming in violating the rights of the people there. He's, he's like the guard dog, and that's what his deputy is supposed to be. And this is where I see a, a constitutional militia fitting right in, working with their local sheriff. They're not a threat to him. He shouldn't be a threat to them. I know in some counties the sheriff is a threat to the people, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so the people have to correct it. How many more people are there than the sheriff and their deputies? Hmm? How many more, man? Lots more. You have a voice. Use it. So, with that said, back to this article here on Guns in the News. When New Mexico uh, the, said she was doing this, here's, here's part of the, uh, the rest of the article where we picked up at. Gun control proponents often invoke a fear of Old West shootouts when they talk about constitutional carry or concealed carry in general. See, that's the, that's the mind control part. If you've seen Tombstone, if you've seen uh, Virginia City, if you've seen any of those, that is, that is what it seeks to do. And you ha- if you see any of this stuff, you have to know there's a message that's being communicated through every time. It's not just a story for you to enjoy. There's a message that's communicated in the media, whether it's a movie, a television show, or the news. And that's to create this fear. Isn't that interesting? That's what they always want to use against you, your own fear. The very thing that Jesus told us not to do. Not to fear. 
So the writer goes on and he says, now we have a new governor, New Mexico governor trying to bring back the martial law we saw used in a few Hollywood westerns. Oh, and by the way, Hurricane Katrina. Uh, you know, let me throw this in too, because I saw comments yesterday uh, where somebody was challenging what I said about Republicans and Democrats. The Republicans set up the framework, the, the Democrats carry it out. And, well, give me examples of setting up the framework. Patriot Act, Freedom Act. Oh, well, that's your understanding. No, it's not my understanding. That's what they did. They set it up. It wouldn't have been used had they not set it up. Well, it was set up for a good reason. Name one thing in the Patriot Act that's set up for a good reason. One. And it was written long before September 11th, by the way, for people who didn't know that. But again, here's what we're seeing. We're seeing this governor come up and want to be tyrannical. She's showing herself for what she is. Um, according to the NRA, the New Mexico Bill of Rights guarantees the right to keep and bear arms for security, defense, and all other purposes under the New Mexico Civil Rights Act signed into law by Governor Grisham there. A person whose rights under the Bill of Rights are violated may sue to recover for damages and obtain injunctive relief. Damages may be awarded up to $2 million per person whose rights were violated. But here's the obvious question. Here's the question. Where's that $2 million going to come from? From their neighbors? It won't come from the governor. They won't take it out of her backside. They won't put her to work for the people whose rights she was violated. That would be more just, if you ask me, and her entire administration. Just make them work. Just start making them work the lawns of the people that they've harmed. And if, if you won't do that, understanding this is a life and death issue on, the gu on, the, uh, on guns, like I've said before, maybe the gallows is a place that people need to start thinking about. When people want to violate, when people in authority want to violate their rights. Although I, I do think the the lawn working, a, a little bit of humility, right, goes a long way. Of course, we've you know I know Bradley covered some of this as well, but it wasn't, but just yesterday that uh, Guns and News also reported this, that she seeks to name and shame the firearm manufacturers through an emergency order. I'm telling you right now, anybody that gets behind these declarations of an emergency, emergency order, all this nonsense, that it is a usurpation of power by governors, presidents, mayors, whoever it is. It is. I don't see the U.S. Constitution having anything where a president can just say, I know I was president before, but now I'm transforming myself into king, and what I say goes because of this emergency. I don't see any of that stuff going on. Now, if we're at war, like a foreign enemy is actually you know, flying planes in and attacking us, or their ships are out there and all this stuff's going on, that might be one thing in order to get people organized. That might be, maybe. 
But especially when you've got invisible boogeyman that you've made up and trying to scare people and, and do all that stuff, there's no authority for that. But here's what's going on. Again, from Guns in the News. The New York governor kicked the hornet's nest when she published her emergency public health order that attempts to neuter the Second Amendment and force standardless firearm retailer inspections. The order is constitutionally baseless, and there are no laws or regulations giving the state's regulation and licensing department authority to inspect federally licensed firearm retailers. That's not all the order is attempting to do, however. Governor Grisham's order, which is facing mounting legal challenges, also seeks to name and shame firearm manufacturers for the crimes committed by those who have no respect for the law. Isn't it interesting? I'll bet there's all kinds of laws governing uh, firearm manufacturers, for which they have to abide by or they'll be put out of business. And, and here they are abiding by the laws, and then what does the... See, uh, see this, is, this is part of God's judgment. I mean, whether you want to recognize it or not, a woman in this capacity... And you can say what you want to. You can say misogynist if that, if that makes you feel better. It doesn't hurt my feelings. But when God says women and children will lead them, that's a sign of judgment. That's, that's a sign of God's judgment. We need men leading. And yet, this is what happens. The governor admitted that criminals won't abide by her unconstitutional order. So she recognizes the criminals won't abide by it. It's just oh, the detachment, the the distorted mind that's going on here. The, uh, should we say reprobate? Uh, yeah. Yet she's attempting to use the state's authority to build a list of firearms recovered at crime scenes to create a false narrative that the unlawful firearm industry is somehow to blame for the crime. According to the article, the order contains a provision that requires the state's health department to, compi to compile a report of gunshot victims, including demographic data, as well as the brand and caliber of the firearm used, but nothing on how the firearm was obtained before being illegally and criminally misused. It would be like saying Ford is responsible for drunk driving accidents because drunks illegally drove Ford vehicles while intoxicated. I totally agree. Same thing. Or that Toyota is responsible for car thefts because a lot of stolen cars are Toyotas. <laughs> That's a great example. Great example. Will anyone be surprised when Governor Grisham's list includes well-known firearm brands in popular calibers? It will be a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, but the media will report it as if it means something. Now, that's this is part of this is part of this whole buildup of stuff. When when we watched after the Parkland shooting, Donald Trump gather all those you know representatives in there, including creepy Diane Feinstein. Right, the Crypt Keeper. Um, and he he talked about taking the guns first and a lack of, and and leaving due process for uh, due process for second. And you remember she was over there rubbing her hands gleefully, smiling. You have given it for me, McDonald. Thank you so much. And then they began to implement it. Red flag laws began implemented 
there. Now they were, by the way, my understanding is that they were first spoken of by none other than George H.W. Bush. Not Democrats. These are Republicans. Donald Trump brought it in. His, his uh, DOJ started, I'm going to say, bribing the states to implement red flag laws which violate virtually all of the Bill of Rights. And now it's in full swing under the illegitimate guy who's in there. And then we have this push now by this New Mexico governor to not only go after gun owners, but also gun manufacturers. Oh, ammo's a target too. We've had several things where we have put forward that that uh, ammo is a, is a target as well. They can't take your if they can't take your guns, they'll they'll make sure that you don't have any ammunition to use them. They'll just be an expensive rock to throw at somebody. This is why you know there needs to be some means of finding some uh, training. Not, and I'm, I'm not saying anything substitutes for the real thing, firing a real bullet, but you need some training to where you can get trained without wasting your ammo too. You better spend two, three, four, five hundred dollars on one of those training outfits that you can do at your house than to waste all your ammo. You already know what the gun's going to feel like when it goes off. You know, use it to get used to that, but then do your training that way. They go after they go after that as well. It's really interesting um, to know that all of this continues to go on. But you know what? This isn't, this isn't something that's just happening and nobody's standing up against. Okay? For instance, um, this was in Bradley's article the other day. I, I uploaded it because we couldn't get, a, couldn't get an embed code for whatever reason. But uh, I uploaded it there to my Rumble channel, and you can check it. It'll also be in the archive this morning. This is a Sheriff Mark Lamb out of New Mexico. Take a listen to what he has to say. Hey, right. folks, Sheriff Lamb here. So you probably saw this. New Mexico governor suspends the Second Amendment. Now, first of all, this is an order. And as we know from COVID, mandates and orders are not laws. Should not follow the proper channels. Second of all, this is a constitutional violation. But her reasoning is for a public health emergency. Why? Because the leftist progressive policies of New Mexico, Albuquerque, they're having a tough time controlling crime. So her solution is to impede and take away the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. Because I got a newsflash for you, Governor of New Mexico. Criminals don't follow the laws anyway. Most crime we see is done by guns that are illegally uh, possessed anyway. So this is only going to affect law-abiding citizens. And frankly, we have an answer for you. Uh, whether you live in New Mexico or wherever you live, the answer is no. We don't like your order. We won't follow your order. We're going to stick with the Constitution. God bless everybody. Come check me out at SheriffLandForSenate.com. Donate today. We got to get rid of politicians like this in this country. God bless. Okay, I forgot he does this little spiel there at the end. But the point, that's it. That's as simple as it is. No, we're not complying. And if you got a sheriff that'll back you, you should back that sheriff. If you got a sheriff that's opposed to you, you should oppose the sheriff. Pretty simple.
The men are going to have to find their spine, their metal parts, so that they can stand up and do what they need to do. And again, I throw that on us, guys. This is not the responsibility of our women. It's not the, necessarily the responsibility of our children, unless they're grown men. But it is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to do these things. Again, this lady out in New Mexico is not the only one attacking the people. Again, this comes from Guns and News. I mean, these, these were some, some articles that we, we had before. California Governor Gavin Newsom, and watch for, watch for this guy. They're going to try to throw him in the presidential race, too. They're going to try to put him in there. I think this is who they want in there. California Governor Gavin Newsom announced in June that he, would, he wanted to add a 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would effectively gut the Second Amendment. This is amazing to me. How do you, how do you write law to undo law? This is constantly why there's any laws regarding restricting guns, restrictions of guns. All of those laws are written to undermine the law, which is the Second Amendment. And by the way, it's natural law too. It's God's law. Or did God say that we should be armed? We're going to get to some of that in just a little bit. But it undermines the natural the natural law. God's given abilities to all of his creatures to protect themselves from certain predators. You know, a snake has fangs and a venom and venom. The lion has big teeth and big paws. Porcupine has his quills. Pick, pick your creature. But you're telling me man is not given the ability to protect himself with whatever weapons he has? We call them arms because they're an extension of our arm. They're an extension of the person. You know, if a bear could get up and grab a piece of wood, he would use it. But he doesn't have hands like we do. <laughs> so this is a this is a natural law issue. And we're going to look at what scripture has to say when men aren't armed. But here's all here's all Newsom, whom the people recalled, and he overcame it, and you know he overcame it through cheating in the election. You know that's what they're doing. Here's what his proposal entails, according to the article here. This is for SJR7. The text for this proposal, proposed amendment includes universal background checks, raising the age to purchase a firearm to 21. What's so magical about 21? Well, what's magical about that? Maybe it's one of those Gematria Freemason things that I don't know about. Bans on assault weapons and more. In its own words, the bill seeks to establish an, an amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would, A, affirm that federal, state, and local governments may adopt public safety regulations. I, I, again, I'm just lost on this issue of where it's, government's issue, where it's government's responsibility to deal with this public safety stuff. They're supposed to defend the people. From attacks, that's what they're at least they're supposed to, to initiate that. In large part, the people defend themselves. 
That's what they're doing. Um, but more than that, there is the other part to this, which says that they are, are that government may adopt public safety regulations limiting aspects of firearms acquisition, possession. That's 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 keeping public carry. That's bearing and use by individuals, and that such regulations are consistent with the Second Amendment. How in the world, <laughs> when it says the right of the people to keep possession and bear public carry, arms shall not be infringed, but let's go ahead and infringe on possession, public carry, acquisition, Acquisition would be tied with possession, too, because you, you've got to acquire that which you possess, unless you're going to make it. Then still, you've got to acquire the parts to do it. But that's consistent with the Second Amendment? What? Ugh. It's absolutely crazy. Says they're consistent with the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution and understanding that throughout American history, private individuals have possessed firearms for home defense, hunting, and recreational purposes. Yeah, but it's not just home defense. Read the Second Amendment. I, I wish these Second Amendment groups would get this. I wish they would start pushing this because I'm going to tell you what. If the Second Amendment groups started pushing the first part of the Second Amendment along with the second part, they wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't have a. They wouldn't have a an organization. Why? Because all of a sudden, all their supporters will realize. Wait a minute. Why am I sending you all this money? For you, in many cases, to compromise my rights. Why am I doing that? When the solution is for me to get with the men in my, in my locale, in my in my community. And to be that which is, the Second Amendment says, necessary, be part of the militia. I know it's a bad word for some people. I don't mind saying it. it's a constitutional word. It's a biblical word. We, we understand what it is, what it communicates. And not only to defend my home, but to defend my neighbors. Again, this is a demonstration of love. You can... If you want to disagree with me, is it is it right for you to sit back while an oppressive government attacks your neighbors? No. And you not do anything? That's not right. Men are going to have to figure this out. They're going to have to come together. And I would say you come together under the banner of King Jesus. Your appeal is to heaven. It is not to man. This is what I was talking about at the end of the show yesterday. You're going to have to decide whether you're going to play the worldly game of seeking men to rule over you, or you're going to have to say, Lord, you are Lord, you are King, you are God, and we're going to serve under you at your behest. And that's where men have to come to. That's the repentance part here. We've departed wickedly from God. It's evident in how we're even doing things. Even the good guys. It's evident in how they want to do things. It's like, 
some of them you hear and you, you just go, what are you talking about? This is the same thing you've been doing all along. Oh, we got to have a red wave. Yeah, okay. Keep doing that thing you've been doing for 170 years. This is part, this is part B of, of what Newsom wants to do. To impose as a matter of national policy the following firearm regulations and prohibitions. Number one, universal background checks as a prerequisite to purchase or acquisition of a farm. Guess what? You don't have to have a universal background check if they start divvying out real justice to violent criminals. Those who rape, those who murder, those who kidnap. And there's several other things for which the requirement under God's law is death. You put, the, you put the bad guy out of the society and you send him to the real judge, the one who's going to be impartial. And it's a mercy to the people. And the people learn to fear God, number one, and you put away the evil from you. That's what Scripture says. That's not what I said. That's what Scripture says. That We used to know what this was. That we used to understand and know what this was about. Number two, a prohibition on sales, loans, or other transfers of firearms to those under 21 years of age, subject to limited exceptions. This, is the, this has to be one of the most stupid things. Somehow you can put young men in, arm them with whatever they, whatever they are arming them with in the service these days, send them off to fight foreign wars at 18. But hey, when they come back, they're not allowed to have a firearm or have one sold to them if you're in California. That, uh, that's what Newsom wants to do here. Actually, it isn't even in California. He wants to add this to the Constitution. This would be nationwide. So you can join the military. If you want to use a weapon, you can do so with the permission of government. But after you've fought, maybe you had your legs blown off or... God knows what else happens to these men. Then when you come back into the states, those freedoms you were allegedly fighting for, which you really weren't, you're fighting for corporate fascists is what you're doing. You come back, and those freedoms that you were told you were fighting for are taken from you by the same oppressors that you were serving. This is what this guy's proposing. Is that not what he's putting forth? Yeah. And very subjective age things going on as well. Here's the third one. A minimum waiting period after the purchase or acquisition of a firearm before that firearm may be delivered to the buyer or acquirer. That, that's just goofy. Well, pe people go in and buy guns and they commit a, uh, they commit a crime in the heat of passion. And yeah, and then go get a knife and then go get a bow and arrow and then go get a sword and they can get all kinds of things that they can kill people with. That's not the issue. The issue has always been the heart of man. And a waiting period doesn't change that, especially somebody who stews over their bitterness or their anger. This is why the Bible teaches, be angry and not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. There's a righteous anger. There really is. But you're not to sin with it. Number four, a prohibition on the sale, loan, or transfer of assault weapons and other weapons of war to private civilians and be it further. Hmm. Yeah, you're, you're not allowed to transfer these things over, are you? 
boy, we've we've really got the spammers in the uh, in the chat this morning there with their videos and stuff. But it's not even that. Most of you know it's not just the governor. These are just a couple of examples. It's probably going on in some of your states that you're listening to me now. This is also out. Again, guns and guns in the news. Biden. The Biden administration. And you know it's not coming from him because he can't even hardly put two words together, much less any kind of uh, order. or He's a puppet. There's no question he's a puppet. This is, uh, again, from Guns in the News. Check this out. In the legal world, there is a Latin term, in terrorum. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm I'm not a good Latin person. The term is used to describe actions designed to intimidate or terrorize someone into a certain course of conduct, often in cases where the actual legal ability or willingness to demand that course of conduct are dubious. In short, rule through fear rather than legitimacy or the law. Are you understanding a common thread that runs through all of this, through all of this legislation or pretended legislation, through all these pretended governors and pretended presidents? They push fear. They push fear. That's what. The, that's all they do is push fear. Interim is an apt descriptor for the Biden administration's notice of proposed rulemaking misinterpreting the statutory definition of engaged in the business of dealing firearms. The draft rule appears designed to give the public with the mis. Excuse me is designed to give the public the misimpression that private individuals are no longer permitted to sell personal firearms without obtaining an federal firearms license or an FFL or a gun dealer license or conducting the transaction through an FFL. Further, the way Biden's Department of Justice constructed the draft, the draft rule suggests that the administration understands the limit of their authority, but would still like to mislead the public into foregoing what should be lawful Second Amendment conduct. That's right. First, the proposed rule must be understood in context. And this is what the writer says. The engaged in business rule is designed to circumvent the U.S. Congress to criminalize or give the appearance of criminalizing the private transfer of firearms. If you want to give it to your sons, if you want to give it to whoever you want to give it to, or if you want to make a sale. Since the Gun Control Act of 1968, those engaged in the business of dealing firearms have been required to get an FFL and retain certain firearm transaction data. Further, pursuant to the 1993 Brady Act, FFLs are required to conduct background checks on prospective purchasers. Gun owners selling their personal firearm collection are not engaged in the business of dealing firearms and may privately sell their firearms without government interference. For decades, anti-gun activists and and politicians have sought to require more or all private firearm transfers to require a background check despite erroneous claims about the purported popularity of so-called universal background checks. The American people have rejected or repeatedly rejected efforts to criminalize private firearm transfers through their elected representatives. So you see that If they can't get you one way, they're going to try to go another way. Um, And and over and over, the problem is not with 
gun owners, listen, if you and I who would own arms were the problem, everybody would know it. Everybody would know it. We're not the problem. The problem, are, the problem is sinners who have no regard for the laws of man or the laws of God, for that matter, use a particular kind of weapon to go commit a crime against somebody else. That's the problem. And as I've said before, you can stop that while it you can stop that process while it's going on with a carnal weapon. But why as those who claim, for many of you out there, you claim to be a Christian, that means you are a follower of Christ, follower of the way. Why won't Christians take up their offensive arms, which are spiritual, they're not carnal, they're mighty in God through the tearing down of strongholds, they're to be used against principalities and powers? Why don't we get on the offensive and use those things first? If all we're going to do is deliver the carnal, then it's sort of dead, isn't it? It has to have life. It has to have spirit. And I think when you go back even into some of the things like we read with Jonas Clark before, guy who gave the sermon and trained his men to fight their, many of them died, Lexington Concord. And what he put forth, life, the Spirit of God, from the Word of God. If we're not willing to do that, what are we going to do when it comes to using carnal weapons? And again, using them on offense, using the carnal weapons on defense. I'm going to go over here just a second, because I, I kind of want to piggyback off of what we, what we were talking about yesterday. 1 Samuel 8, and this is where the people are going to have to get their eyes off of the guy they got in front of the Mockingbird Media, t- telling you, give us your consent for this guy. Give us your consent for this guy to govern you. He'll rule over you. And the people willingly do it. They just truck right out there thinking their vote's counting, even though they've been seeing for how many election cycles that their vote's being manipulated. Elections are being stolen. And all of them have their, all of them talk about their Second Amendment. Nobody does anything. Men used to do that. Battle of Athens, we've played that for you here. Similar situation happened in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he, was, that he made his sons judges over Israel. And the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. And they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways. You don't think dad taught them? Yeah, he taught them. But they chose to go their own way. They turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. And all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and to Ramah. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Foolish men. They had a God. They had a king. They had law. They had justice. And they wanted man. Give us a king. Judge us like all the nations. That's the most foolish thing you could ever think of. Especially when you've seen what God has done for these people. 
But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And I'm telling you right now, there are people who are just like that today. You see them in the, in the political junkie section. Oh, they'll, they'll mention Jesus and they'll talk about God when, when they need to. But they don't want him as king. They want their guy in place. They want their guy governing them. They want their guy, you know, making the slam dunks, spiking the football, whatever. They want it to be their guy with his political jersey on. They have not rejected thee, but they've rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken in their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. He says, tell them, tell them, what, tell them what they're going to get for what they've asked for. Tell them what they're going to get. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, now listen to what the king's going to do. Okay? Because all this stuff wasn't going on when, and not that God stopped being king. He didn't stop being that. He is king. But I want you to look at the stuff this man king is going to impose on them. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. In other words, he's, they're going to be in his army. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. And some shall run before his chariots, and he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest. Hmm. And to make his instruments of war and instruments of maturity, he's going to make them his slaves. That's basically what he's going to do. And he'll take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. No doubt some of them are going to be pulled into the whole concubine thing, maybe wives, I don't know. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants... And he will take your men servants and maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He's going to use everything that's yours for himself. He would take the tenth of your sheep and he and ye shall be his servants. And you shall cry out in the day because of your king, which ye have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. That's a frightening place to, to be at. To where you've been so misguided that you have traded the true king of heaven for a king made in your own image. That, that's got to be a frightening place to put yourself and to know that when all the bad stuff starts rolling out because you thought, oh, it's, we're going to make Israel great again or whatever in this case... You have that go on, and all of a sudden, you see what the guy starts doing. He starts taking advantage of you, starts taking advantage of your neighbors, your kids, your families. Yeah. 
not a good place to be, and that God won't hear them. Because they rejected him, he's going to reject them. He's going to turn to them. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. He gave them a warning. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. And I'll tell you, for many people, the president has become like a king. They're more, listen, I saw this meme yesterday. It It was a great little phrase. It said, more people worry about a guy who can spend maximum eight years in D.C. Many times only four. But they don't have the same attention they give to those who are supposed to represent them who've been there 30, 40 years. They're multimillionaires. And they're sold out to the latest person who's got their, their wares out for sale for them. Then they're not dealing with that. They're not dealing with the people locally. Thank God there are some people who do that. They, they hold people locally accountable. So, they went on and they said, we'll have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations. They just want to be like everybody else. World-class cities, world-class nations. You've heard that phraseology, right? This is what we want. That our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. We don't want to fight. We want the king to do it. They, they, little do they realize who the king's going to use. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in their ears, in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Arken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man into his city. Now, what's interesting is, in chapter 13, just two chapters over, we find that there's a battle that takes place. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose him 3,000 men of Israel, whereof 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and in Mount Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gibeah of Benjamin, and the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines, remember Jonathan is Saul's son, that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And all Israel heard, saying, heard, and all Israel heard say that Saul had smitten a garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel also was had an abomination with the Philistines. I think the words got mixed up here in the online version here. And the people were called together after Saul to Gilgal. And the Philistines gathered the, uh, themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen and people, as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Michmash eastward from Beth Haven. And when the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in the caves and the thickets and the rocks and the high places and the pits. See all this stuff that the Philistines are coming up against Israel with? And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. Hmm. He... That's not his job. He's king. He's separate from the priest. There's supposed to be one offering. See, see, see Saul's sin? See his, his humanity come out, if you will? If you want to use that term, that's what it is. 
came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering and the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, and that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash, therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. And the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Now the words, he violated the law. By doing what he did, he violated the law. Now look at what happens. I'm going to scroll down just a little bit due to the sake of time. And the spoiler, excuse me, um, verse 17. And the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned unto the way that leadeth to Ophrah, unto the land of Shual, and another company. Let me jump down just a little further. Verse 19. Now there was no smith found throughout the, all the land of Israel. They'd gotten rid of all the gun makers, if you will. All the sword makers. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. They were ruling over them. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share, his coulter, his axe, his mattock. Yet they had yet they had a file for the mattocks and for the coulders and for the forks and for the axes. and They had to go to their enemies to sharpen their weapons. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan, but with Saul and Jonathan his son was there found. See what happens when you let wicked men rule over you? Doesn't matter how good they may start out, that corruption is there. I'm telling you, total depravity is a real thing. It affects every man. And when you give them that opportunity and you embolden them by not bringing justice, that's what you get. We're in serious need of repentance towards God, the one who founded us. I mean, our foundations are established by God. We need to return to those and rebuild that way. That's what we need to do. Bradley, be with you at 3. We'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then.